HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexis Santos, a senior producer at the Feed Feed. The Feed Feed is the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the podcast, we are speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, learn about their culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Anna Gordon, who is a pastry chef and the founder slash CEO of The Good Batch which is a famed cookie destination and bakery in New York City. Their specialties are delicious cookies, ice cream sandwiches, and cakes. I'm so excited to talk to you, Anna. I'm already hungry just thinking about all this. <laughs> Alexa, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay. So we, we've got the, the bakery queen in the house, <laughs> but <laughs> let's run it back to the very beginning. I want to know how this became your life's work. So take me back to the very beginning. Like, Where did you grow up? And what type of influence did food have on your life from an early age? Sure. Yeah. I <laughs> so I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, right outside of DC. And food in my home was definitely um, a joyous thing. I wouldn't say we were an like a big, big culinary family, but there was there was an element of play with food. Um my mom was a, was a stay-at-home mom, and so we had dinner on the table every night and um, dessert. We always had ice cream in the freezer, so there was always dessert around. And on the holidays, I have very strong memories of doing like a big, massive cookie decorating uh, with my aunts, and that consisted of Pillsbury tubes and uh, p- tubes of dough and like tubes of colored frosting and just mm-hmm. piles of sugar. Um, of so, but it was, it was, it was just so fun. And that was the tradition. So that was, that was kind of our, that's, that was probably my first cookie introduction. Um, 
And then we, I also had, you know, where the play came in, my mom and I, on the weekends, we would cook together and sometimes pretend that we were filming a TV show, uh, which in like the 80s and 90s was not as popular. Um, in the 80s and 90s, cooking shows were not as what they are today. So we were very right. imaginative <laughs> with it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was just if food was was available, it was fun. I definitely liked playing in the kitchen um and had had this kind of creative approach to it um even as yeah. a child. Oh my gosh, incredible. So yeah, you were just you're a cookie gal from the from the jump. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a there are worse things, right? There are worse things. Yeah. So Yes. So what was kind of your favorite growing up? Like what was your favorite food and what was your favorite, I guess, baked good? Mm. Great question. Favorite food. Um, I love it. So it's funny because I have young children now. So it's kind of, I'm thinking about it in comparison mm -hmm. to what I'm constantly cooking for little kids. Um, lots of like tortellini and very, we weren't nothing, nothing over prepared. We were very straightforward, practical food. But I loved on uh, whenever I had an opportunity, I loved making French toast and waffles and pancakes. So like, I really anything with syrup was was like my jam. Um, yes. And then as I as I got older, more into like high school and was an athlete and cared about health, I I definitely became more of a healthy eater. And I'm like developed a love of salads and vegetables that it, that has still carried on to this day. Um, Ooh. and then with dessert, I mean, like I said, we had ice cream in our house all the time. So mm -hmm. like ice cream sundaes and milkshakes, I was just, it was just nonstop. Um, and <laughs> yeah, like you were living the dream. I, just really, really living the dream. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Hindsight, like I don't let my kids eat that much ice cream and dessert. Yeah. <laughs> my parents let, let us have. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like every kid's dream, right? Like you just had yeah. free reign over all the yeah. ice cream you wanted pretty much. I mean, that's my, that's my um, loving interpretation of this memory. I'm sure if I like zoomed back <laughs> in, like it wasn't so um, liberal with the sweets, but that's, it feels like that. <laughs> it feels like Okay, that. good. Yes, we will. We'll take that and run with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So when did you decide, I guess, what was your culinary journey at that point? Did you, when did you decide you wanted to do this professionally? And did you go to culinary school? What was that like? Yeah, so I, I went to university, I went to like an undergrad program. I actually went to school thinking I was going to be a physics major. That's what I applied to school as. Um, I really loved science and solving problems. And, uh, but then I got to school and realized like, I, I, that just, I, I was not cut out for it, to be honest. I was just, I just didn't have it in me to, <laughs> to, to do that much studying, I think. Um, and so I switched and and ended up studying marketing and advertising and literature. Um, so so that was that was great. But then when I finished college, I came to New York City. Was working in the um, marketing world, and I quickly realized that I was not 
<laughs> once again, was not cut out for what I had um, signed up for. And I was just baking all the time. So I, I ended up kind of switching gears and I put myself through pastry school. So the culinary, the culinary career path was not until I was technically an adult and working in the field. And, um, and I kind of had an epiphany that I could pursue such a like exciting and fun career path, but it was not something that like as a little child Mm -hmm. I had ever even imagined. Um, I didn't know that was a possibility. I didn't, I, it never crossed my mind (laughs) to be honest. Oh my gosh. So cool. So what happened from there? So, yeah, so I'm working, I'm, I'm like 20 something. I'm working in New York city and at, um, actually at a heavy metal record label was my first job in New York, (laughs) which was very fun. Um, and, uh, so I'm, I'm working during the day and I'm spending like so much of my free time at night doing baking at home and, and, and also just exploring the New York city food scene. And it was, yeah, I had this realization that I could pursue it professionally. Um, and so I put myself through pastry school. I went to the Institute of Culinary Education and, um, so I was working during the day at an office and at night I was going to pastry school and on the weekends, at, at eventually I was doing my externships. I was just nonstop working. I had so much energy to burn apparently. Yeah. And, um, going into pastry school, I did not anticipate starting my own business. I, I kind of saw myself just working in the field, you know, try, finding the best restaurants to work at and, and soaking up all the information that I could. Um, but it was like halfway through pastry school that I, I kind of decided I switched gears a little bit and decided to start that I would start my own business. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you did it or what? I'm sure it wasn't easy. And I'm uh, apologize for not knowing as much of the backstory on the good batch, but if you could give me some of the backstory there and like how that got started and yeah, you know, how long yeah. it's been going on and all that. So I, when I was in pastry school, I had these recipe ideas. And so I would make these little cookie boxes. And because I was still working in an office at the time, I would, I made a menu and I would sell these I would bring the menu around to, to everyone that I worked with and for holidays. So for like, for like Christmas, December time. And then I did a Valentine's box. I would bring these menus around and I sold a lot of them and, and like I was shipping them. So it's like someone could order it and I would just take care of everything. I would ship it to, you know, their grandmother in California or something. And so I was able to start to get in this rhythm of, um, taking orders and like the customer service aspect and and how to create products that can with a specific shelf life and how to ship things and package and logistics and like timelines and all of that. So I was without even realizing it, I'm kind of like starting, I was kind of giving myself a crash course in in operations. And mm-hmm. um and so when I gra- so by the time I graduated pastry school, I I was just 
I just wanted more. I just wanted to keep going. And I, I didn't really have much, um, vision behind, beyond just selling cookies to people other than my coworkers and family. I just wanted to (laughs) expand my reach. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was it. Like I had no time. I had no, like, I'm going to, this will be my career now. This is, I'm going to make this much money. It was more just like, I just want to keep doing this, but a little bit bigger, you know, keep growing. And yeah. So that was, that was the birth of it. And I, um, and then in 2010, which is when I fish, when I, I, I'd finished pastry school, I, um, I had done my externship and I, I reached out to the folks at the Brooklyn flea, which has now become this really big thing. And, and it, now it's smorgasburg and it's like yes. national. I mean, I think even international, uh, it's so or, cool. It's so cool. And it's so big, but th- back then it was one day a week. It was around the corner from my little Brooklyn apartment. And so I, I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, can I set? Can I have a booth? I'd love to. I'd love to sell. And so, that's really when I consider the good batch starting. Was that that April in 2010 when I, I had a little radio flyer wagon and I'd wheel it over and I set up a little booth. Um, and on Saturdays I would just sell my cookies and, and at that oh point, my God. Like, this is it. I've made it. I I can retire now. Yes. <laughs> this is it. That's incredible. I love that. So then, <laughs> so you were at Brooklyn Flea from the very beginning, and then it, you decided to turn it into your own brick and mortar from there? Yeah, that that was a bit of a, um, that was about four years before. So I started selling, you know, officially with like an LLC and like the whole thing, like the, all the, all the checks you have to cross, cross off to like start an official business. I did those yes. things in 2010. Um, and for the next four years, I was a bit of a, had like a bit of a gypsy kitchen situation. I think I rented, it ended up being like three or four different kitchens, um, that I was renting from. And I'm slowly at this point starting to build a team that was working for me and really like fine tuning what, what we're making and how we make it. And, but by 2014, we had completely outgrown everything and we were just, we were like, bursting at the seams. Um, also at this point, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time had joined the company full time and he had bless him had like come in and taken over all of our finances and operations. Um, he has kind of a finance and, and legal background. He had just finished. He went to law school while I was in pastry school. So, um, we, compliment each other in that way. I'm more, yeah. <laughs> he's, um, a very, um, uh, number and lit- yes, you need mind. that. You need those opposites oh. to balance each other out. For 100%. Sure. So by 2014, he's in my, um, and I've got a team, I've got products, I've got customers, all these things. And so we we knew we needed our own space. And so we were looking at commissary kitchens because that's kind of what we were doing. We were like, we were working in a commissary and, and we explored that. And I just felt, it just felt so, so uh, like soulless a little bit for what I wanted at that point, the momentum that we were building. And so we, 
ended up finding a this spot here in Clinton Hill and it's uh, we've been here ever since so it's a storefront we have a we have a cafe up front and then our um a pretty ample space in the back for our all the baking that we do and then we have an office here and so it's just our headquarters and amazing um yeah going on like you know it'll be t- you know we've been here 8 or 9 years at this point so well, congratulations. Look at that. The American dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. My, my in-laws are Dutch and I, I'll never forget my father-in-law when I told him that I, I think I was finishing pastry school and I was like, I'm going to start my own company. And he, that's exactly what he said to me. Like just so cheerfully. Wow. Really? Just live in the American dream. <laughs> I so mean, cute. he's not wrong. He's certainly not wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so, but it's um, you know, there's definitely bumps along the way. <laughs> yeah, of course, I get that. So, I've had the privilege of tasting your cookies, which thank you so much for sending. And of course. So you you guys is cookies kind of like the main thing that you guys really tout? I mean, you had all these amazing flavors. How do you come up with those? I want to talk about kind of like the the genius that is like the baked goods that you guys have over there at the good batch. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I've just been, um, cookies are kind of, are like my favorite medium, um, of Mm. creative culinary exploration. And it's, um, they always have been. So I would say we, I do identify the good batch as a cookie bakery, and then we do a bunch of other things too. But the cookies are really the heart of, of our operation. And at any given time, we're selling like 10 to 15 cookies in our shop. Um, some of what some of them I've been making since almost the very beginning. So they have like, they've, you know, they've been with us for a long time. These recipes, <laughs> they're tried and true. Right. Um, and I would define our style as, as um, first and foremost, very hearty. Like our, our cookies are, are hearty. I don't, my style is not on the dainty side. I don't do delicate. I kind of do more <laughs> <laughs> like big um, flavors. I do a lot of salty sweet. I bring in as much savory into our flavor profile, um, whether it's with herbs or I use a lot of tahini and like nut nuts, um, mm-hmm. which I, I think that's a really fun, um, flavor contrast. Um, and yeah. And, 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 you know, as we, for the holidays, I'll do more like hand painted things, but for the most part, it's pretty, on the, on the more rustic side, I would say. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of heritage radio network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. 
Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. How do you come up with the ideas for these cookies? <laughs> I mean, all over. I, it, it could be, I like to, um, I'm very fortunate that my husband and my kids and I, we get to travel um, a couple times a year. So whenever I'm traveling, I really try and keep my eyes open for ideas. Um, I love pulling flavors from other cultures or places. Um but, you know, it could also just be like, I don't know, these things just come out of <laughs> the blue sometimes. Um, for uh, So, for instance, I um, this our most popular cookie that we sell in our wholesale program here is called the tahini chocolate chunk. And I personally love tahini. I've been I've eaten it for years, like in, in the savory world, like at home, just when I'm cooking, I use it a lot. And I had the idea, I mean, tahini has existed in sweets. I'm not claiming to invent that, but um, I wanted to uh, bring it into our wholesale program because that's a way to bring cookies out to all over New York City. We sell our, our cookies to about 200 coffee shops around the city. So I was like, I think New Yorkers are really going to like this flavor profile. And it wasn't out there. So so sometimes that that's an idea that came of like... Something in my personal life and my um, my own um, having something in my personal life that I really enjoy, and I was and I had the thought that um, my community would enjoy it too. So, so that's one angle that inspiration comes from. Um, another inspiration is you know for the for this holiday season, I'm doing a holiday cookie collection, and I wanted to take some traditional holiday cookies, but then also then give them a bit of a twist. And I, I've never done a Linzer cookie before, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, that's as old as time. Yes. (laughs) Um, And, but I was like, what can I do? What flavors can I bring in and what style artistic style can I bring in to make it um, a little more me and, or just interesting. And so we, I brought in a cranberry jam for the season and then I'm, because I, I love, um, I, I like to paint and, and do kind of sketching on the side when I'm not working. And so the, they're hand painted and have like this brushstroke watercolor look to them. So that's another angle Ooh. of inspiration is like taking a very traditional idea, but then completely infusing it with whatever headspace I'm in <laughs> or my team, you know, talking to my team, like what is, what love that they have. Very cool. Well, I love all of that. And I was hungry when we first started this, but now I'm even more hungry. <laughs> so <laughs> like, my goodness, that all sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds yeah. so good. And so how does it feel to like 
be in this place where you're, you know, like we talked about living the American dream and doing all this and, you know, looking back at where you started and where you are now, how does that all feel for you? It feels, it feels kind of surreal to be honest. And, and I have to also like, you know, mention the fact that I have these two kids and, um, which is a whole other, you know, part of the, the story. And, and so, having children and being able to support, you know, my family, having, um, a team that I've, you know, I have about 15 to 20 people that work for the good batch at any given time of year. And, and that's a big part of what's so surreal about this. I love that component of, um, uh, supporting other people's lifestyles is really, is really special and, 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 um, challenging and rewarding. And so, so that is also part of, I guess, if we're calling it the American dream, um, that's, that's a really important part of, um, that's important to me. So yeah, it's amazing. I feel, I feel so, um, lucky and blessed to have this opportunity to have this creative out outlet with cookies and pastry and branding, but then also have relationships with people that I would otherwise not have met if I'd stayed kind of more in the corporate office world. Um, I've just been able yeah. to meet like probably at this point, like thousands of people that are so interesting and different and diverse um, and that is, that's one of my favorite parts about all of this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's incredible. Well, congratulations on all of that. And, you know, it's very exciting and inspiring to hear that. And I'm sure your, your kids love it and you're setting an amazing example for them. And that's, that's awesome. And then do they have any interest in baking as they've seen <laughs> you do all of this? Yeah. Yes, they're they're they definitely are interested in baking. My older daughter, um, I think because she came along first and I don't um I don't actually do a lot of baking at home because I have, you know, a professional kitchen at at the bakery and so I've I didn't get to do a lot of baking when she was little. Um, but my younger daughter. Um, she's actually been very proactive in asking to bake with me. So I'm starting to set up a little like home, home baking kit. Um, but my, the older daughter who didn't end up doing a lot of baking when she was really little has, has just developed her own artistic style. And so it's fun to watch. She has this creative mind that's coming out in other outlets and like painting and drawing and clay and all these other things. And I think, cause I, I was like, um, mommy's not, I'm, we're not baking at home right now. I, you can come to the bakery with me. And, and so she was kind of forced to like figure out her own <laughs> creative outlets. But, but now that they're both old enough, like I do actually, um, I do love baking with them at home on the Aww. weekend. That is so cute. <laughs> very, very, very wholesome vibes. Very, very wholesome vibes. Yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're learning a lot. <laughs> well, I feel like I've learned a lot about you and your journey, but was there anything else important about your journey and path and, you know, culinary evolution that I haven't asked you yet? Mm. 
That's a good question. Like, what's missing? I mean, we've talked about, yeah, like, what inspires me. Let's see. We talked about that. We talked about um, the American dream. I feel. Yes. I feel, you know, and, you know, again, worth mentioning. I love this is more of a, like, we're talking more about food. But the, the people component in, like, customer service, that's a whole other thing. Um we didn't really talk about ice cream sandwiches, which is... Oh, we didn't. Yeah. Really, How does that come into play? Yeah. So ice cream sandwiches began way back when we were at the beginning of the Brooklyn Fleet, and I was selling cookies of these hot summer months. And as a way to um, encourage sales, really, I started putting ice cream in between them. But mm-hmm. I didn't... Uh, I thought it would be more interesting to really uh, almost develop like condiments for these ice cream sandwiches. So even to this day, like all, all of our, all of that, pro- all those products have like a, a drizzle or they're rolled in a homemade candy or um, some sort of buttercream in them. So they're really a bit elevated and they end up almost being like a composed dessert that you would get at a restaurant, but like in the form of an ice cream sandwich. So they're, they're really fun. Um, those are really fun to build. And it's been fun over the years to have, you know, various people that have worked in this kitchen, like have come up with just a bunch of really fun ideas with all the layered elements that go into our ice cream sandwiches. Yum. And not who doesn't love mm-hmm. an ice cream sandwich? There's nothing not to love. <laughs> I have, yeah. Not no one I've met. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all that about your story and your life and your journey. It's been wonderful. Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. It was a pleasure to be chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.